This holiday season, please consider supporting the Cato Institute and specifically the Cato Daily Podcast. Visit cato.org slash podcast sponsor to get started. If you support Cato with a donation of $1,000 or more, I'll gladly give you a shout out on the podcast, or you can designate another individual to receive that benefit and all the other benefits of being a Cato sponsor. That website again is cato.org slash podcast sponsor. And thank you for your generosity. This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, December 19th, 2019. I'm Caleb Brown. The House of Representatives has impeached the president for the third time in U.S. history. What should we expect for a Senate trial controlled by the president's party? Is a failure to convict a foregone conclusion? Cato's Gene Healy comments. Donald Trump became the third president in 230 years of U.S. constitutional history to be impeached by the House. And regardless of what happens in the Senate, uh, you know, he's almost certainly not going to be removed. Uh, Just that impeachment vote is probably going to leave a mark. It's, uh, uh, you know, the central black mark on uh, Andrew Johnson and uh, Bill Clinton's legacies. Uh, It's, uh, you know, right up front in their Wikipedia entries. And... uh, you know, there's always this talk it, when when you have a an impeachment debate going on. You know, can't we just do censure instead? Uh, you know, the 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 sense of the House resolution that says the president did bad things. Well, that's pretty irrelevant. Uh, you know, it's essentially you, you could do that. Uh, it's more or less like declaring it National Boy Scout Week. Uh, nobody remembers unless they can name Andrew. Jackson, who was censured by the the Senate, I mean, basically nobody remembers these motions, uh, but people do remember impeachment, uh, and uh, it, you know impeachment by the House, even without a Senate conviction, is really the the Constitution censure mechanism, and no president wants to be impeached. There was this theory going around that you know Donald Trump was uh, really wanted to be impeached, but if you look at the angry letter he sent to Nancy Pelosi the other day or just his Twitter feed, uh, it's pretty clear he he didn't want to be impeached. He's mad about it. On the other hand, though, uh, Bill Clinton reacted to his impeachment, uh, the prospect of his impeachment with a bunch of airstrikes, including uh, bombing Iraq on the eve of the, the House vote. So it seems to me that angry letters and rage tweeting are, are an improvement. Generally preferable. So what happens next? Uh, the House is supposed to pick impeachment managers, uh, who Congress people who uh, are, are essentially the prosecutors and will deliver the case. They're supposed to send the articles to the Senate. Uh, Nancy Pelosi said on Wednesday night, though, that you know they were holding up uh, sending the articles over uh, in order to bargain with the Senate on you know what kind of trial they were going to get, what kind of witnesses were were going to be called. I got to say, I don't understand this move. It seems to me that the GOP is not crazy about holding a trial in the in the first place. Uh, so, you know, threatening not to make them hold the trial doesn't seem to be a great leverage. Right, but it, but if if the if the tactic is, and this is sort of small ball stuff here, and only historians will care about it, I think, but uh, if the tactic is, um, I would like to threaten to move this 
uh, trial to a less convenient time for you, Senator McConnell. Hmm. Uh, is that a, a legit tactic? Well, I mean, it's a uh, weird, it's a game theory, right? We're in game yeah, theory I haven't, uh, I haven't heard that. Uh, it's an interesting idea and, uh, makes more sense than, than trying to extract concessions from the Senate by making them, you know, do something they, they not have to do something they don't want to particularly want to do in the first place. And, you know, maybe, maybe that's what it is. I mean, despite what President Trump says, it doesn't seem to me that Nancy Pelosi is dumb. So maybe there's something here that uh, we're not seeing. So what does the Constitution uh, require of a Senate trial of, uh, for impeachment? Not much. It says that uh, Article 1, Section 3, that Senate has the sole power of, of to try impeachments. And uh, that's, uh, you know, been interpreted pretty broadly. Uh, it says that the senators have to be on oath or affirmation. Uh, the chief justice presides and that it takes two thirds of the senators uh, present to, to convict. And the rest is kind of up to the Senate to fill in the blanks. Andrew Johnson was the first uh, president to be put on trial for impeachment is to the extent that that was unprecedented. How did um, senators then think about their orders from the Constitution? Well, they were figuring it out as they went along. And uh, for them, they were uh, writing more on a blank slate than, than we are now. Um, you know, what we that was really the of the two Senate trials of a president, uh, Johnson's in 1868 and Clinton's in 1999, uh, Johnson's was really the only one with real drama. Uh, you know, he missed conviction by one vote. Uh, they actually carried in as uh, an Iowa Republican senator who had a, a sort of paralyzed from a stroke that they carried in bodily to vote to acquit. Uh, uh, so the, the the Clinton trial was, uh, you know, much more of a foregone conclusion. Uh, and, you know, we learned from, from that trial uh, in particular that while the chief justice presides, he doesn't rule. Uh, the rules are that, uh, well, he can, the, the chief justice can make rulings on evidentiary questions and, the, and that sort of thing. Uh, the uh, Senate can put it to a vote and over, overrule uh, the chief justice is ruling with uh, a majority vote. So a lot of this will be a game of trying to get to 51 uh, to to make it happen in the way that you want it to happen. Uh, Rank chief justice Rehnquist, who, you know, mainly distinguished himself by, uh, he had his own special robe that he designed with stripes on the, on the sleeves. Uh, he said afterwards uh, something to the effect of, uh, I did nothing in particular and did it very well. So, uh, how will this play out? The assumption is that uh, this trial will start in January. It could be two weeks. It could be six weeks. It could. I mean, Bill Clinton's trial was six weeks. Is that right? Uh, just over a month, okay. uh, if I recall correctly. Uh, they want it to be at least the Republicans wanted 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 to be shorter. Uh, well, the, you know, the math says that. Trump will almost certainly survive a, a Senate trial. The, uh, you know, the the to get to sixty seven, you'd need twenty Republicans to cross the aisle and vote to convict a president of their own party. It looks extremely unlikely that's that that's going to happen. Uh, as far as whether it will provide any 
real spectacle. Uh, you know, neither uh, Johnson or Clinton testified in their own Senate trials. Johnson apparently wanted to, but was talked down from it. Uh, it's harder to talk Donald Trump down from things like this. Uh, and, uh, you know, the the Senator Cornyn, Republican from Texas, said the other day that, you know, that we shouldn't call witnesses because calling witnesses would lead to a, a three-ring circus, you know, but people like circuses. Uh, and it wouldn't be, at least for entertainment value, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world uh, to see, you know, Mick Mulvaney, John Bolton, and Hunter Biden all called, and maybe, uh, as the president suggested, Alan Dershowitz as his lead defense counsel. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, you hear different things. Some th you, there are some reports that President Trump uh, really wants to 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 do a trial and to uh, you know to vindicate himself, and that would put him at odds, I think, with uh, Senator McConnell and the GOP leadership. But I think as we've learned over the last couple of years, when it comes to providing drama, you don't want to rule President Trump out. So to the extent that uh, witnesses who did not participate in the uh, impeachment inquiry uh, at the order of the White House, um, there's a not a not insignificant uh, likelihood that we would learn new things from these people if they were called to testify. Yes. And if they showed up. Uh, you may run into the same problem you had at the the House inquiry that President Trump doesn't want uh, fact witnesses with firsthand knowledge uh, to to testify. Um, and you know, I I mean, I I guess they could send the sergeant at arms to arrest John Bolton, and that would provide for further drama. But it doesn't seem very practical. So uh, there isn't then more clarity here about uh, who may be compelled to testify then in the actual impeachment inquiry in the House? Well, I think it's pretty clear that uh, the, the House, the, that the uh, Senate and the House should have the power to uh, compel attendance, but I don't see a, a mechanism short of an arrest by the sergeant at arms uh, or a, uh, you know, a, a federal court, probably a Supreme Court decision that says they have to testify, uh, that can force them to testify if they don't want to. Gene Healy is a vice president at the Cato Institute and author of Indispensable Remedy. And now it's time for a shout out. Tony Costanzo, thank you for supporting this podcast and the broad mission of the Cato Institute. Your contribution, in short, makes our work possible. You, too, can support the Cato Institute and this podcast with an end-of-the-year gift. Visit cato.org slash podcast sponsor, and thank you.